Side Hustle Show 278. I sold my side hustle behind the scenes of a $425,000 sale and purchase of an Amazon FBA business. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your competence is your security. Hat tip to Chris Gillibo for that one. And I think it's going to become evident over the course of this episode how both of my guests use their own unique skill sets to build businesses. So recently, a friend of mine posted about how he sold his two and a half year old Amazon FBA business for over $400,000, which I thought was incredible. But the twist was turned out the buyer was a familiar face as well. I'm excited to welcome back to the program Spencer Hawes of nichepursuits.com and Ace Chapman from acechapman.com. Spencer was a guest in episode 18 and episode 70, where we talked about niche sites and software on those episodes. And Ace was a guest in episode 182, talking about investing in digital real estate, talking about investing in cash flow. At the end of that episode, Ace left me with this profound soundbite. When, when we want a computer, we go out and we buy it. When we want a car, we go out and we buy it. The only time we don't, we, we think, I wouldn't build my house or my car or my computer from scratch, but I'm going to build my income from scratch. And so, man, when I need money, I go buy it. When I need money, I go buy it. Why are you trying to build an income from scratch? That has definitely impacted my investing decisions since that conversation took place with Ace uh, almost a couple years ago, although you've yet to pull the trigger on anything the size and scale like you'll hear about in this call. So stick around to hear the perspectives on both sides of this deal, how Spencer built his business on and off of Amazon, why he wanted to sell it, what made it an attractive acquisition for Ace, and what his plans are for the future of the business. All that and more coming right up. Notes and links for this episode are at sidehustlenation.com slash FBA sale. And while you're there, be able to download the free PDF highlight reel summary of our call. With invoicing, time tracking, estimates and proposals, expense management, and one-click tax summaries, it's no wonder why 97% of small business owners recommend FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com is the number one affordable accounting solution built specifically for side hustlers and freelancers. I want to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show, for being a longtime partner of the Side Hustle Show, and for helping 10 million entrepreneurs, myself included, get paid. As a Side Hustle Show listener, they're hooking you up with a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. Now's the time to get your books in order. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Spencer and Ace after the interview. Spencer's going to start us off with an overview of the business, and then we'll hear from Ace on the buyer side in just a bit. Ready? Let's do it. I had never sold anything on Amazon. I didn't even really know much about selling physical products at all. Done lots of websites, lots of digital stuff, but never physical product, but basically had an idea for a product that I used every day. Couldn't find exactly what I wanted on Amazon. So I decided, okay, I'm going to find a manufacturer that can create sort of the variation that I like that suits my needs. I'm going to put it up on Amazon and see what happens. So that was back, I think, March of 2015 is when the listings went live. I had just one product, of course, had it manufactured in China, brought over, used the whole Amazon FBA system to pack and ship, but put the listings up. It's not like it started selling like crazy right from day one, but you know, within the first week, I started having maybe two or three buyers that I didn't know, right? Strangers were buying my product. Okay. I was like, okay, this is this is good. This is interesting. And did a couple of things that of course we can talk about, some promotions and things. But within the first month, I had sold 
about $4,000 worth of product. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, I need to double down on this business. I've got something, which is what I did over the coming months and a couple of years. I added eight total products. And of course, the business grew and eventually sold the business to Ace. So yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah, I remember the comparison that you made at the time. Okay, this this one started a month ago, sold $4,000 worth of stuff. This other authority site that I started with, Perrin, a year ago, right. had sold like $4,000 worth of stuff. Like it made $4,000 worth of revenue like over the course of 12 months. And so you're like, well, where am I going to invest my time? But this is interesting to hear. So you didn't go through the whole like product research process or did you just say, okay, this is something that is a product that I want or that I use in my own life and I just don't see it up there. And was that the extent of it or do anything else to kind of validate demand? That was the biggest part of it, that it was a product that was fulfilling my own need. However, I did take the additional step because I had looked at a couple of other products that I felt were either too competitive previously or just wouldn't work. So this one fit the bill of, okay, this is something that I would want. And then the second step of looking at competition levels, I think there's a place in the marketplace where I can make my mark that there wasn't a ton of people selling this exact variation that I was selling. So that was a big part of it as well. It it was indeed looking at the competition levels. Okay. And the other products that you added were similar or kind of in the same niche? Exactly. They're in the same niche and we don't want to reveal the exact product right? But I'm just trying to think of other examples that I could do, you know, if I was selling, let's say chairs, right? So there could be lots of variations of chairs, folding chairs, metal chairs, wooden chairs, right? That's kind of what I did. I started with one variation and then I moved to metal or wooden or folding or whatever, right? Different variations of the same product. Did you invest in any training or course on FBA or just like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? I kind of took my own crash course. I didn't buy anything, but I interviewed a couple of people, one of them being Chris Guthrie that I know you know. I had him on my podcast, interviewed him about his FBA business. That was a big part of it. And a couple of other people I interviewed either on my podcast or just privately talked to people that I knew were doing well on Amazon FBA and sort of picked their brain for what was working well. Might be worthwhile to jump in here and explain that FBA is fulfillment by Amazon. Basically, Amazon's way of crowdsourcing its inventory and letting individual sellers like you and me tap into its massive audience of buyers and its world-class logistics network. They store your items in their warehouse, and when someone orders, they handle all the shipping. If you want to learn more about this business model, check out sidehustlenation.com slash Amazon FBA. Let's fast forward a couple years. So the business is now mature in the FBA world. It's been established for, for a few years. It has a proven track record. It has relationships with suppliers. Like what's what's going on kind of late 2017 where it becomes time to say, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of an exit here. Well, at that point, I had also built up an entire niche site in that niche, essentially selling my own products. So that was a big part of it. I had sort of built a more robust business. I had my Amazon listings, but I also was ranking in Google with my own website. So I was getting a lot of traffic there and then essentially referring them to my own listings. So by sort of late 2017, I had built out this whole business. I had built it to a point where it was doing well, but I felt like I was I was ready to move on. I had sort of looked at what I had done and I was like, you know what? I built something up in two years quite well. I'm ready to 
maybe turn this chapter and try something different. Being a serial entrepreneur, this is kind of what I do all the time. I put a lot of effort into something for a couple of years and then I'm ready to move on, cash out, find the next thing. So that's kind of where I was in late 2017. Not sure if that answers your question. I didn't realize you had the, the niche site built for it. Yes. That's an interesting angle too. A lot of people would say, okay, I'm going to build this up and then I'm going to have my own checkout cart to save the 30% on Amazon fees or whatever it is, instead of just collecting your four to 6% associates commission referring buyers back to Amazon. Right. And we had tried that having people check out on our own website. We just found that the conversion rates were so much higher on Amazon Okay, that it made sense. In addition, the more sales that you have on Amazon, the better your bestseller rank is on Amazon, which just moves you up in the listing. So with those two factors, it just made sense to send everybody to Amazon. Okay, fair enough. So how much time are you spending on it at this point and what's it bringing in revenue or profit-wise? I built up the business pretty much all on my own, but by 2017, I had actually brought in a brand manager in early 2017 that was running the business. So me personally, I was maybe putting in an hour or two a week. Somebody else was running the whole business, both the website and the Amazon listings. And I would just sort of manage that process, make sure that everything was working according to plan. And overall revenue, I mean, revenue is an interesting number, but it was doing forty to 50000 a month in revenue, roughly. Okay. And then you aim for, what, 25 to 35% margin on that? Right. Exactly. So it was doing 12500 13000 net per month. Okay. Have you found that's consistent with your FBA products or with your FBA businesses that once it's up and running, it doesn't require... A ton of maintenance or is that kind of well the brand manager was working full-time on it tweaking listings or you know ordering supply like i don't know what else goes into it right a lot of it can be pretty hands-off once the listing is up it's one of those things it's almost more you want to monitor monitor it daily for customer service issues of course but if you do notice a drop in ranking you might want to do some promotions do a giveaway to sort of help you increase your sales velocity and then always thinking about things outside of Amazon? Can you be doing any paid traffic strategies or expand to eBay or Walmart or you know, what can you be doing with your website? So a lot of it is just maintenance. It can do well, but you need to make sure it doesn't drop because if you forget about it, somebody else is going to take your spot sure, on sure. Amazon over time. Yeah. It's going to show up on the Jungle Scout reports and say, hey, here's, here's <laughs> an opportunity. Okay. Ace, do that brand manager come with the sale or did you kind of have to put your own person in place to fill that role? We completely took over the site. So on this deal, obviously on larger businesses, a lot of times the team will come with the business when we acquire it. But on this particular deal, the person that was working on this wasn't full-time in the business. And that's typical for the businesses this size where You've got somebody who's running several different things like Spencer is, and they have a team that is spread across those different businesses. So we knew going into the deal that we were going to have to, although I did present the idea of the person coming to us, we knew by the time we got the deal done that we were going to be taking over operations, brand management, the content work, logistics with the 
products and all that good stuff. Okay. Spencer, did you have to do anything to prep it for sale? Like, I don't know, accounting wise or Amazon account wise to, you know, I don't know, separate out the finances for it? Yeah, actually, there was a lot of prep work that went into place. I had prepared for the sale probably at least six months in advance of even listing the business up for sale because I knew that would be a big issue is the Amazon account transferring that over. So in a nutshell, essentially, I had an existing Amazon account with probably 30 different products. And so only eight of those were the business that I was selling. So I also sell lots of other products on Amazon, which yeah. would be very messy for somebody to come in and try to you know, figure that out, right? So I knew I needed a different account. So essentially, I opened up a second Amazon FBA account and then transferred all of the listings over to that new account. And this took a lot of time to... Amazon makes it not very easy to move inventory. You actually have to physically ship the inventory out of the old account or sell it all, which is mostly what we did. But some of the inventory we had to ship out of the old account and then ship into the new account so that it was all in place. And this whole process took about six months, like I said, to, to get it all set. So once Ace came in to buy the business, all we had to do was change the bank account information essentially on the brand new account I'd already set up. And then it was it was done. Okay. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need 
Indeed. Do they frown upon switching accounts like that or moving inventory? They just they do they make it hard just because that's how the system is set up, or is that intentional to prevent people from doing it? They don't frown upon it actually. Before switching over bank account information and everything, we send messages to Amazon seller support and basically get their blessing before we change anything. So okay. Amazon was very well aware that I had sold the business. I told them, hey, I sold the business. We've got this new account. We want to change the bank account information. Is that okay? What do we need to do? So it's more just the way their system works is what makes it difficult. Not so much that they frown upon it. It's just getting inventory from one account to another. It just takes time. Yeah. And just kind of the way it is. Okay. So that, all that is set up so you can have a clear picture of what specifically these eight products are doing in terms of turnover and, and sales. Right. And more so just to be able to hand off to the new buyer, right? Okay. They knew immediately from day one, they could take over this account and it's there. There's no, nothing else that they have to deal with in terms of other products. Okay. So you list this thing on Empire Flippers. We've had Justin on the show previously as well. Do they come up with a valuation for you or do you set a price? Like, How does that part work? They do come up with a valuation. They go through a whole process where they're very hands-on. They verify all the income. They log into Amazon accounts, Amazon associate accounts, take lots and lots of screenshots. They make sure the profit and loss statements are accurate. So they go in and do a lot of due diligence and then they do, they come up with a valuation or a suggestion. They say, we suggest that the business should be listed at this. And of course I can list it for whatever I want, but they come up with what their internal valuation, their suggestion, which is essentially what I went with anyway. And what was that number? So I had listed it, I think at 450,000 or very close to that. It may have been like 449 or some odd number, but it was right around 450000 that I listed it up at. That's a chunk of change. And what <laughs> what's the fee that they take? Their standard commission is a 15% brokerage fee. Okay. They're facilitating the deal. They're taking a fee in exchange for doing that. So now it's probably Ace's turn. So are you just like hitting refresh at Empire Flippers all day? I know you've probably got, you know, Justin on speed dial over there. <laughs> what made this an attractive deal to you? Or how did, how did you first hear about it? We get emails from all the brokers that are just new listing emails. So obviously keep an eye on the deals like that. Most of the time, what the way that I end up buying a deal is that a client is interested in the business. So in this case, I had a client who was interested in this deal that Spencer's worked uh, really closely with. And so I essentially am kind of the investor or bringing the, the cash to the deal. So Laurent, who was the buyer, was kind of the lead on, on this business. He brought the deal to my attention like, hey, this is interesting. And one of our first filters is based on our portfolio. It's kind of twofold. One is finding things that are in a similar niche. So we have a lot of home products. This was in the home product space. And then outside of that, we look for diversification. And the thing that I liked about the deal was the different sources of income. So at that point, it did have some AdSense income. It had some affiliate income. It had some FBA income. And it had some e-commerce income. Okay. So between those two things, it was, you know, obviously I get sent a bunch of deals, but that's what made this one rise to the top initially. 
Yeah. <laughs> what got what got your attention on it? Did you see any risks in there? Hesitations? Red flags? I always start basically assuming that there are a ton of red flags. So then I dug into the deals, started talking to the Empire guys, and I found out that Spencer was the builder. And we're in the process of buying a deal right now that's from a builder that we've worked with before. And I think in this stuff, there are a lot of ways to hide tricks and bad SEO and, and things like that. So a lot of times what you're trying to do is build trust and build a relationship with the seller. And so some cases, literally, my, I had a due diligence call before this and know the guy, we've done deals together. That helps speed up the process. You know who that person is. You know how they like to build things. And you've got that foundation of just, okay, we know these are two good people coming together trying to make a deal work for both parties. So I had never done a deal with, with Spencer but that was a huge kind of jump forward in the deal because I knew him. We'd met before, talked before, and had read a lot of his stuff. And so I knew a lot of his strategies as to how he builds sites and grows them and all of that. And, and so that was kind of that second thing. I was like, all right, let's dig in and see if there's something here. Okay. So there was a level of familiarity, a level of trust there that was greater than had it been just a, a random stranger. Yeah. Okay. What else? Like, are you worried about the FBA world imploding? Like, what if Amazon changes the rules? What if some competitor comes into the market? Like, what? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Like, that didn't bother you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, I see a lot of work that goes into these deals, especially when you're taking them over. I mean, I think for the buyers out there, it's always good to keep in mind that it's just easier for the seller to run the business than it is the buyer because the sellers had this gradual process of as they've kind of grown, they're getting used to the different aspects of the business and outsourcing different things. And right. they're growing their skill set, ability, and team as the business grows. And so and we're just used to that. But from the seller perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, this thing is like easy and, and it's simple. So every time I go into a deal, I know, it, especially when it's got those four components, like, okay, we basically have four different businesses to make sure are working, that we're optimizing the assets income, which we're kind of switching some things there. We're optimizing the affiliate income. What do we need to do on the e-commerce side? Keep an eye on what's going on with FBA and our rankings and, and all of that good stuff. And then making sure the product is good and that we're trying to stay ahead of the curve on, on what competitors are doing. Yeah. So there is a good amount of work. And so one of the first things is for the amount of work, are we going to make enough money that makes it worth it? And so the deal was a really good size. And again, one of the attractive things is, I, you know, I, I do have kind of long-term concerns with FBA, solo deals. And so I'm always looking to see, all right, does this FBA deal have an e-commerce component and have some direct contact with its customers and building a list? If my memory, I look at a lot of deals, but I feel like this one had like 7,000 or so people in, in the email subscriber list. Does that sound right? Yep. That's right. Okay, wow. That was another attractive thing. So we're kind of building this picture of really worst case scenarios. Like, okay, this domino falls. What can we do to secure the next domino? That domino falls. What can we do to secure the next one? That And, and you know, that, that's a lot of what due diligence is. It's not this like checklist. It's more of creatively coming up with worst case scenarios and, and how you answer them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So what were the final terms that you guys agreed to from that listing price, from that starting price of around 450000 I'll let Spencer do that just because I, I do a lot of offers and I don't want to say the wrong numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. So we did some negotiation, did a couple of calls, which... Long story short, I knew that I probably wasn't going to get my list price. You know, I think everybody should probably know that going in, but we settled at 425 is what the final offer was. And essentially it was 175,000 upfront cash at closing with another 150 to be paid six months down the road, which is still a few months away. And then... After that six months, I am to be paid out the remaining amount up to the 425 based on, I think we said 30% of net income of the business until I'm fully paid, essentially is, is the way it worked out. And if I'm not paid out after two years, I'll just make a balloon payment at the end to make sure I got my 425. Okay, gotcha. That was essentially the terms, yeah. You still have some skin in the game to see that it continues to- I do. To, continues to sell. Yep. I mean, 100% cash up front is what everybody wants. And that would have been great, but I'm okay with the terms because I do believe in the business. It does give me a little skin in the game to make sure the business keeps doing well, which is good for Ace and his team there. But also I, I know Ace, I know he isn't going to just pay half the money and then disappear overnight. Yeah. The Empire Flippers know where to find yeah. it. So. <laughs> so so we're good. <laughs> That's kind of the balance on both sides. You know, the, the interesting thing is from the seller perspective, I did want to get as close to the total price as possible and not drive that down. And I love the deal because it was Spencer and he built a great business. And on my side, he knows that, all right, Ace isn't just a one-time buyer where it's like, all right, I got to make this deal work. And if anything goes wrong, maybe I'm, I'm going to slip away in the night. I've got almost like an a internal credit where we've done a ton of these hundred deals. You know, we've had, have had three that we had issues with, but it's a really good track record. And that's what I feel like we brought to the table. Whereas even if there was a situation where maybe there was half of it paid up front or 300,000 paid up front with somebody else, there'd probably be a little more risk on getting the whole 425. And so I think that's why that balanced out there. Yeah. You guys both have a little bit of a reputation to uphold. So that makes sense. <laughs> that kind of helps reduce the risk of some fly-by-night operator that you never heard of. And then agreeing to a two-year owner carry contract. It's like, well, I don't really know this guy. Yeah. The question so Spencer, like, do you have any immediate plans for the cash? Like this thing is spinning off five figures a month. I'm working a couple hours a week on it. To me, like I'll just bank that cash flow and keep it rolling. Or do you say, well, hey, I I got plans for this 175 down and I got to parlay that into the next thing. Like what's going on with the money? Yeah. So I obviously always got business ideas and plans. I'm not going to go buy anything big. It, honestly, all the cash is just going to get plowed right back into other businesses. So <laughs> I actually still am bullish on Amazon FBA. So a lot of that is going into new products that I'm launching right now. So I've got a few of those in the works. So getting aggressive with Amazon. And then I am actually also in negotiations right now to buy a business myself. So some of that money and some additional money that I had from another exit from Longtail Pro. I'm looking to buy other websites that are doing well. So just 
continuing to expand my portfolio, grow new products. That's essentially it. No one big thing, but yeah, just diversifying across a couple of different products and businesses. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. I, I won't you know, hold you to it. Everybody's got <laughs> different plans for, you know, for cash flow business. Growth. So you're not getting the Maserati. I thought that was just the Maserati money. <laughs> no, not, not this time. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, he's going to start making videos in front of his Lambos and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I got is my minivan right now. I need to step up my game. <laughs> hard to fit four kids in the van. Yeah. That, that could be a great video though. Like, Stutting and posing instead of in front of the minivan. That's right. You know, when you got four kids, minivan uh, is a lot better than a Maserati. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So Ace, you mentioned that a client of yours brought this to your attention and you kind of provided the, the capital for it. How is that structured? How does that work? Either somebody is listening, they're curious, like, well, how do I work with Ace in that capacity or just like from a financial standpoint? One of the things that I'm always doing is, is obviously with my portfolio, we've got income that comes in and then we're trying to reinvest that and buy more deals. And so I've got a program that's the PPP program, that's the private equity partner program. And my goal with the guys that are doing those deals is that they grow their own portfolios because it's, it's really simple. Like the bigger my clients and partners are, then the more deals that I can be involved in. So I work with those guys. They go out, go through a training process. They go out and they do deals. And then they obviously, I want everybody, the whole, this whole game is everybody having skin in the game because that's what makes it work. So you want the seller to have a little bit of skin. You want the person that's the lead on the deal to have some skin. You know, obviously I'm going to have some skin. So in this deal, he's doing a lot of the legwork. And so he brought, I believe, 30000 on this deal. Okay. We loaned him some more on top of that so that he had some cash. And then I brought the rest of that, the rest of the cash, either through myself, I have a fund, and, and then investors and that kind of thing. Okay. And then the rest is kind of paid out of the profits of the business for the next two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this a fix and flip deal? Is this a buy and hold? Is there a target rate of return that you look for on these things? I'm curious, like, what are your plans with this thing going forward? The real goal is that I'm not really, I haven't sold anything in a few years. I've had maybe a couple clients that wanted to sell and then I just buy it from them and we replace it. So I'm not so much in a sale mode. I think overall, I'm just bullish on this whole space. So I think multiples are going to continue to go up. 
and there's just nowhere else. Like, where else are you going to buy something? This deal is under three multiple. So you're talking about getting 100% of your funds back in three years if the deal works out. And we're in a portfolio where there are a lot of these deals, and we basically expect that a certain portion of them aren't going to be as good as, as we hoped. So you kind of plan for that. But even if it's a average of four years, five years, whatever, you look at every other asset class, it's just really hard to find assets where you're going to get all of your money back that quickly compared to real estate or a lot of other assets. So I, I, there's nowhere, it's kind of just exactly what Spencer said. Like, where else are you going to take your money? At? Where else are you going to put it? You'll have your emergency fund and, and some retirement and, and that kind of thing. And outside of that, when you sell these things, all we would be doing is the same thing that Spencer is doing. I'm going to go do another deal. Yeah. So it's less about selling everything right now is about continuously diversifying the portfolio when it comes to diversifying traffic sources, income sources, the customer bases, the niches, and then the business models. So that's kind of the goal. Was there anything specific you saw with this business? I know you mentioned optimizing the AdSense placements and the affiliate income and stuff like that. Was there anything specific that you saw? You're like, okay, I know that right away I can tweak this or this and improve the cash flow or improve something. Well, we're dealing with Spencer. So he's kind of done a really great job of maximizing <laughs> the the business. One of the things that we have done is we actually have taken out the AdSense and driving a little bit more affiliate income. We're actually buying a complementary business that's in the same space. And so now we'll be able, it has a lot larger database of customers because they do a little more e-commerce than FBA. And so that will allow us to cross-promote. And, and a lot of times that's what we're doing to grow businesses. The easiest way to grow it is just to go and buy the next business in the portfolio. And so, you know, I'll have Laurent and then I'll have Mike on the other deal. And then they do a cross promotion and instantly both of their businesses are bigger. And that's kind of our typical way of growth. But Laurent's doing an amazing job. One of the things that we're working on is returns. There were a good amount of returns that we think we can kind of limit the amount of returns there. But we're excited about this other acquisition that's going to allow us to do some cross promotions. Okay. So cross promotion would be like, okay, we've got 7,000 people on this email list and this other business has 5,000 people. And so we can promote the products to each other's lists. Yeah. And, and in this case, the other business has about half a million. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, man. I'm just curious from a management perspective with managing a portfolio of 100 different sites and probably hundreds and hundreds of different products. <laughs> that just makes my head hurt. Like try to think about it. Like what is, what systems do you have to have in place to just keep a pulse on all of it? So just to correct you, the hundred deals is since I started buying deals when I was 19. Okay. I did sell a lot early on because I needed the money. <laughs> you know, I'd have an outlet sure, sure. cash and it was like, all right, I got to flip this and make something magical happen so that I can get this money back and go to the next deal. Okay. So right now, there are a little over 40 that are in the portfolio between the private equity fund and my personal deals and then partner deals like this deal. Okay. But nevertheless, still the same <laughs> question. Still 40. So 
each entity has a little bit of a different setup. So I've got like my personal deals. I've got mostly VAs that run my businesses that are just in my portfolio. Okay. We've got the private equity fund that is a lot more of an official setup. One of the decisions that I had to make after I spent three years kind of doing the nomad thing was, all right, if I, if I do this fund and we're taking on millions of dollars, I've got to really have an office and I'm sitting in my office right now and have staff and, and that kind of thing. And so we've got fund admin that is really on the, on the fund side, you know, bookkeeper, auditor. It's, it's a lot more of a business structure and with a fund structure as well. And then within the PPP program, we've got the leads that are running each of the businesses. And then I've got a support staff for them. So some of that support staff is just outsourced. We've got amazing SEO guys that we built relationships with just through trial and error over the years. We've got incredible content writers, PPC guys who just have built these relationships. And then some of that is internal where just on the legal side, we've got a couple paralegals that are always helping with paperwork and admin support for those guys so that the guys that are running these things they can come to us for like, hey, I just need some help on this today. And we help figure those things out for them. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty serious operation. It sounds like if you've got kind of the experience and knowledge, but maybe not quite the cash to do a $400,000 deal, maybe Ace has a, has a program for you, the, what do you call it, the private equity partner program? Yeah. Do you have a system or a setup where people like, I don't want to be involved with managing anything, but I like this idea of 30% annual returns. Like, can I just invest with you? Yeah, yeah. So we do have investors. We've got the fund level investors, and then we just have people that just are on a deal-to-deal basis. They're interested in investing in deals. And so I work with a lot of guys like that. Okay. And acechapman.com is the best place to find out about that? Yeah. Or at least uh, pretty much you've got to inquire. And then we figure out what you're a match for and if you're a match. Well, very cool. We'll check him out, acechapman.com. Spencer is at nichepursuits.com. Really appreciate you guys joining me and kind of taking me behind the scenes on this purchase and sale of a business that was built, again, just two and a half years and with a monster six-figure exit. Very cool. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Doesn't have to be related to the specific deal. We'll let Spencer go first. Just test and do what makes sense for you. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast and reading other blog posts, they might try to replicate exactly what they're seeing other people do. But I've always found that, yes, it's important to take knowledge from others, but really do what makes sense for you. So follow that business plan that makes sense for you. Follow that strategy that makes sense for you. And I found if you do that, at least in my experience, I've had more success following sort of my own ideas and what makes the most sense for me. Absolutely. Ace, what do you got? Right now, the thing that I'm finding a ton of value in is just relationships. The bigger we get and the more that we're doing, the relationships are becoming more and more valuable. This is a you know just one example of doing this deal with Spencer. I'm glad that we knew each other and that the deal became even more interesting because of him. As guys that are doing things on the internet, it can be very easy to sit behind the computer and work away and plug away and hustle and 
hitting the grind every day and not take the time to build those those relationships. Yeah. Very cool. So test and do what makes sense for you. And the bigger you get, the more important your relationships become. Very true from uh, from both you guys. Again, acechapman.com and nichepursuits.com. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. This edition of The Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com, the cloud accounting solution that's recommended by 97% of small business owners. I was chatting with Rob Eng, who's actually a senior marketing manager at FreshBooks, about a new feature they're rolling out called Proposals to help you win more jobs. We found that our estimates is a great feature when you kind of know what the job is, but we wanted to help business owners win more jobs, and that's through Proposals. So we're pretty excited because what that is is really an expanded estimate that allows you to add content, images, uh, you can show what value that, that you can provide to your client upfront, and which includes maybe attachments of your work, if you're a designer as an example, testimonials from, from other customers. Um, you could even outline you know, how you wanna proceed with that project. And what's great is it's all integrated within FreshBooks. So when you do win that job, you can easily convert that into an estimate and you could have them pay upfront or a deposit and have it all synced in so it's all within one system to make things a lot easier for you. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for bookkeeping bliss and rockstar support. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Spencer and Ace. Number one, what are you going to risk, time or money? In building this thing from scratch, Spencer invested a little bit of money and a lot of time. Although in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of time for what turned out to be a huge payoff. But now that it's built, it's sustainable, it's profitable, Ace, to gain access to that cash flow, invested a lot of money and a little bit of time. It's a trade-off, but depending on where you're at in life, one might be more attractive or realistic than the other. In my experience, building these, quote, passive income streams is going to take either time or money. So you have to take stock of, uh, of what you have. You might lean one way or the other on that. Takeaway number two is how can you make it more valuable? At the end of the day, businesses are going to be valued at a multiple of their profits. And in this case, we heard it was just under a three-year multiple of the net income. But there are some other factors that can increase that multiple. Maybe that's adding new products, additional revenue streams, additional traffic sources or sales channels, like to diversify it a little bit. And in Spencer's case, even though the bulk of the business was built on Amazon, he created a full-fledged website to support it, which obviously made it more valuable. There were more legs to stand on. And that's perhaps the most exciting thing about building a business like this. If you can grow your profit from 5K a month to 10K a month, for example, You've not only improved your immediate cash flow, but you've also probably added six figures or more worth of equity into the business should you decide to sell it. So takeaway number two was, uh, you know, what can you do to make it more valuable? Takeaway number three is to document everything. That means keeping your books organized and accurate and importantly, separated from anything else you might have going on and also your, you know, your workflows, your systems, your processes and how much time you as the owner are you spending in the business. So I briefly considered selling a site of mine. And as the prospective buyer and I were going back and forth, it was a little bit of legwork to extract the actual revenue and expenses from that particular site out from from everything else. And I wouldn't be super stressed about this early on, but as you move forward and you see the side hustle or business gaining more traction, it just makes sense to have good documentation, even if you never plan on selling it. 
Once again, you can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash FBA sale to download the free PDF highlight reel summary of this episode. And while you're at that URL, you'll find links to all the resources mentioned as well. Perhaps an important thing to note is the exact URL of the site Spencer sold and the exact product line, um, like we talked about, is still private. And that's to protect Ace's investment from, call it, unnatural uh, competition. But that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll learn how to get more free traffic to your site from one of the most creative vloggers I know. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 